Oh, yeah. Had to put a little bit of screaming guitar in there because on this episode of The Life and Times of Big Jim, we're rolling all the way back to the early 1980s. Maybe 1980, as a matter of fact, could be right in the 1980-81 part. That's when I was hooked up on the screaming guitars of heavy metal rock and roll, which I must admit I still enjoy some heavy metal rock and roll. I guess I'm still 18 or very, very far from it, which is actually in reality the case. But today's story, I have to, I have to, I have to set this up. First off, I want to just tell you, though, thanks for listening to Life and Times of J- Big Jim. I appreciate it so much. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can send me an email at the Life and Times of Big Jim pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And please follow and like and pass this along to your friends so they can listen as well to some of the crazy, ridiculous things that I've done in my lifetime. Well, now we're going to take you back. This is going to take a little while to tell this story. So we're going to take you back to, like I said, 1980-81. And at that time, I was drinking my way out of my first shot at uh, college. I didn't want to be there, and I just was there for, uh, well, you know, friendship and, can we say, the occasional every night party. I did say occasional every night party. And I I learned, I think I learned my first... um, my first few semesters of college, how to drink beer. That was, that was one thing I learned you know, extremely well. And I, I probably got a 4.0 grade point average in that particular class that I only attended at my house in Brass Monkey and Sergeant Peppers uh, and uh, maybe the uh, Liberty Palace Disco in Columbus, Kansas. But I did learn how to drink beer, and I did how, learn how to get all F's in every one of my classes while I was at school. But one of the things I did while I was at my first, in between, you know, drinking and going to parties, I, my, 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 one of my good friends at the time, and still is one of my good friends today, was actually the student editor of the Missouri Southern State College at the time, newspaper called The Chart. Well, I had never been the slightest bit interested in journalism, but I became interested in it because my good friend, who we will call Chad, and we'll call him that because that's his name, Chad was the student editor of the paper, so I would hang out with Chad and therefore became slightly involved in the chart newspaper. I do remember we we would deliver that uh, once once we got it ready for press we would deliver that to a local newspaper to print that for us so we could do it. I remember one day one morning we got that ready and Chad and I decided to take that thing over. It was in the neighboring town and boy I tell you what there was fog so thick we didn't think we was gonna make it but we we finally squeaked our way through the backcountry roads and got it over there, and the chart was on time. Neither rain, snow, nor fog will keep us from getting the chart out. Well, anyway, Chad, Chad, uh, he he was more investigative than I was. I 
I just sort of, you know, investigated occasionally when I was at drinking beer. Well, Chad came across this story. Now, this 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 story, I'm not I don't I don't think I asked Chad where he came up with it. I don't I don't know where he heard it. Not sure where he heard it, but he came to me. And he said, "Hey, Stark." Well, that's what he called me sometimes. Otherwise, other times I was known as uh, Cockroach or James or whatever they decided to call me. My nickname was Cockroach, so so they they that was that was what I went by all that time. But I think he just said Stark, you know, because that is my last name. He says, "I've heard this story. I want to tell it to you." see what you think. And I said, all right, you tell me the story. So he began to tell me about a place that was just a matter of moments from where we live there in southwest Missouri in the city of Joplin. Told me about this place that was just over the border into Oklahoma. A small little place called Quapaw, Oklahoma. Now, Quapaw, Oklahoma was a, a very, very small town. Nothing, nothing, you know, nobody, nobody would drive across the border of, of Missouri and Oklahoma to go to Quapaw. Unless, of course, you might have worked at the uh, Five and Dime or something at Quapaw, but that, I don't think more than about two people did that. But he told me about something called the Devil's Promenade Bridge. The Devil's Promenade Bridge was located in a little country dirt road outside of the thriving city of Quapaw, Oklahoma. Now, I'm going to tell you the story that Chad told me. That there was a bridge, the, the Devil's Promenade Bridge, in Quapaw, Oklahoma. And there was a folklore or an Indian tale from the Quapaw Indians that had settled in that area that if a person was to walk across the Devil's Promenade Bridge three times, there would be a figure that would appear out of the woods that was a half lady and half goat. That's right, I said goat. Bah, goat. It would be a lady on the top part and a goat on the bottom part. Now, the tale was that if you looked this goat lady in the eye, she would put you in a trance and trample you to death. Quite an interesting tale. Now, recently I have looked up, matter of fact, I looked it up before I did this, uh, this podcast. I, I looked up the uh, Devil's Promenade Bridge and I see that um, there is another story that says it is a deer woman, half deer and half goat. There's also a story of two young Indian lovers that their their uh, fathers would not allow them to marry because they were from different tribes, and that these two love-struck Indian lovers had jumped off of the bridge and died at the Devil's Promenade Bridge. And another tale is that if you walked across the bridge three times, that you would hear a splashing sound in the Spring River below that would indicate the 
two young lovers had jumped to their death. Well, we went with the goat lady story. That's the story that we had heard, and we were going to investigate because we were, after all, well, Chad was, I was just drinking, but Chad was, you know, the, the editor of the chart newspaper at Missouri Southern. So we decided that we probably should investigate this interesting tale in what we might call folklore from the, uh, passed down from the Indians. Well, as we prepared to do this, we realized that one of the ladies that we worked with at work, now you've heard of her, I've, I've told you about Ruth uh, in the podcast, Ruth and the Dispatcher, and I believe she was in a, another one as well. I don't remember the name of it right now, but she was in Ruth and the Dispatcher. Now, Ruth, we didn't like Ruth too much, and I, that, that, I'm not going to go into that because you can find that in, in the other podcast. But we decided that Ruth, we had understood, was not a Quapaw Indian, but she had been raised in Quapaw and was very familiar with Quapa Indian uh, rituals and folklore and all this. So we decided to, uh, to begin our investigation that we would question Ruth on the Devil's Promenade Bridge. So we approached her one day at work, said, Ruth, Ruth, um, we, uh, we got to ask you a question. Said, now, now, we've been hearing this folklore, this tale, if you will, of a, of a, uh, the, a place called the Devil's Promenade Bridge. Now, my friends, this was a little bit of a shocking deal. Ruth's eyes got as big as dinner plates. Okay, maybe not dinner plates. That would make her look really terribly awkward, but maybe, I don't know, silver dollars or maybe half dollars. They just got big for a minute. And she looked directly into our eyes. I can't remember if it was Chad's eyes or my eyes. She looked directly into one of the two of us's eyes. And she said in no uncertain terms, do not go to the devil's promenade bridge. I'll repeat that. Do not go to the devil's promenade bridge. Now, now, my friends, I believe at the time Chad was 19 and I was 18. Exactly what do you think would happen if a lady's eyes got all big as soon as you mentioned the Devil's Promenade Bridge and she looked at you with almost horror in her eyes and said, do not go to the Devil's Promenade Bridge. Now, what does an 18 and 19-year-old person do? Two guys, 18, 19 years old, what are they going to do? Well, hell, they're going to the ne- Devil's Promenade Bridge the next chance they get. Now, the tale is you had to walk across that bridge at midnight. So, Chad and I decided it was time to make a trip to the Devil's Promenade Bridge in Quapa, Oklahoma. Now, at the time, I had... I was driving one of the large, and if you're not a little bit older, you probably don't remember these, these vehicles, but I had one. 
I was a proud owner of one. It was almost brand new. I do believe it might have been the first car I ever bought brand new. It was, now get this folks, a Chevrolet Chevette. Now, if you don't know what a Chevrolet Chevette is, folks, you're missing out. You are missing out. The Chevrolet Chevette was a powerhouse four-cylinder. Well, no. What it was was a matchbox on wheels. It was tiny. It was little. It was it was cramped. And I'm six foot six inches tall at the time, but a little more limber when I was 18 than I am at uh, the advanced age I am now. So I would never be able to get into a Chevy Chevette if they were still making them, which they're not, or you would know what they were. But my Chevy Chevette, I was proud of it. It was a new car. It was all I could afford at the time. So I had myself Chevy Chevette, a matchbox on wheels. And my matchbox was yellow. I'm not talking school bus yellow. I'm not talking sunflower yellow. I'm not talking legal pad yellow. I'm talking piss yellow. I'm talking if you hadn't peed in several days and you peed, yeah, that's what it looked like. You know, I'm going to tell you it was, it was piss yellow, but it was mine and I owned it. Well, I was making payments on it and I, I was proud of my piss yellow Chevy Chevette. So the planning began to go to the devil's promenade bridge. Well, now, Heck, you can't do that kind of stuff. Just the two of us. We got to get a group of people. We got to find some folks to go with us. So we did. I got one of my good friends named Todd. Todd hopped in the back seat of the Chevy Chevette. Chad had rounded up a, a lady by the name of Brenda. I believe she worked there at, at Missouri Southern. Uh, I believe she was an employee of Missouri Southern, but... But she was going to make the trip to the Devil's Promenade Bridge. And sadly, I cannot remember the third or fifth person, if you count Chad and I in the, in the uh, situation. I can't remember who the third person in the back seat was. But I do know because my Chevy Chevette was like a matchbox on wheels, whoever that person would had to be very tiny, just like Chad and Brenda were. They were little folk. I was the big monster of the group. Chad wasn't, you know, he wasn't quite as big as I was. He, well, he, he wasn't even close to big. I, I don't know. Chad might run in about five, nine, five, ten, maybe, no, maybe six. I, I don't know. Chad, if you're listening to this, I don't know how tall you are, but, you know, I know you're not as tall as I am, so that, that, that stands to reason. Anyway, so we decided to get Brenda, Todd, and mystery person, load them in the back seat of my Chevy Chevette. That's a standard Chevy Chevette. Okay, this is a four on the floor. You know, it was a monster. You know, I think it'd go zero to sixty in about thirty-two seconds. I, I believe it was a it was a powerhouse. I'm telling you. Well, we piled up in the Chevy Chevette. Brenda, Todd, mystery person. 
Chad and I in the front seat. I'm driving. And we head off. It's a dark night. To make this story sound even better, I'd like to say there was a, a, a fog crawling through the air. And the sun, the moon, was surrounded by a ghastly glow. But I don't remember. But it really sounds good if we go that way. So if you want to put that in your mental picture as we do this, use it. Okay, but I don't think it was that way. But we were driving. We went down there. We cruised down these little back country roads, dirt roads. Went by where the spook light is at. If you've never heard of the spook light, we'll cover that in another episode of the life and times of big Jim. But we went down and we found the devil's promenade bridge. Now this was back for GPS. We didn't have GPS. We had to, you know, look on the, look on the map quest or whatever it was on the internet, try to print that thing out and make it work. So we, but we found the devil's promenade bridge. Now, Chad and I, I'll admit to you folks, we, we didn't, we didn't buy into any of this folklore. We, we had, we, we didn't, we didn't buy into this. We, we didn't assume for the, for one fraction of a second that we would pop into a goat lady and get trampled to death. But we had in the back seat, Brenda, who was, uh, I, I could rename her Miss Skeptical. You know, she didn't buy into all this stuff either. And she was very vocal about the fact that she didn't. She was very vocal that this was the silliest thing she had ever heard in her life for us to go traipsing off to the Devil's Promenade Bridge at midnight. But as silly as it was, the fact of the matter, she was there and she was with us and she went to the Devil's Promenade Bridge. You don't have to believe it. I didn't. Chad didn't. She didn't have to, but she didn't have to blab about it all the time. Good grief. So she was like, oh, no, this is the stupidest thing. Almost like Tim, Tim, was Tim Allen? You know, so she just went on and on and on. Well, here's five of us staring across that Devil's Promenade Bridge. You know, I don't even remember how long it was, you know. Wasn't very far all the way across, back and forth. So the five of us take off. It's midnight. We're walking across the Devil's Promenade Bridge. We get to the other side. Then I have to throw in this little tidbit of information for everybody to think about. We have currently walked across the bridge one time. When we go back to where we are near the piss yellow Chevrolet Chevette in the safety of that matchbox on wheels, we have now crossed the bridge twice. So if we indeed walk back across the bridge, we have now crossed three times and the goat lady will appear and we will be what appears to be miles from the car, from the safety of the piss yellow Chevette. So I mentioned that as we walked back across the bridge for the second time. Now, Miss Skeptical here is going, oh, rolling her eyes. You know, I, I, she's like my ex-wife, rolling her eyes, rolling her eyes, rolling her eyes. So, so we get back across the bridge. Now, at this time, folks, I had not done any what you would say um, acting 
other than the, just the stuff I did to, you know, make people laugh and act, act goofy. But I hadn't been in like a play or I hadn't been, you know, but, but I could be a drama, drama, drama. I could have won an Oscar for this. I'm going to tell you, this, this could have been an Oscar. Because so, we get across the bridge and we're standing there. So I say, all right, folks, here's what we're going to do. There is no sense in the other three of you, skeptical woman Brenda, my friend Todd, and mystery person, to walk back across the bridge a third time and all five of us to be trampled to death by a goat woman. Skeptical woman rolls her eyes. Todd rolls his eyes. Mystery person doesn't say, I don't even remember what they did because I don't remember who they were. But skeptical Brenda is like, oh, good grief, this is a stupid, you know, well, so I put it on. You know, you ever heard of that Charlie Daniels band song? Um, um, oh, goodness, what is it? Um, oh, Uneasy Rider, where it says, I laid it on thicker and thicker. Well, that's what I did. I got very serious. and I looked right into Brenda's eyes as I was searching her soul for demons. And I said, Brenda, here's a quick question for you. Are you able to drive a standard automobile? And she said, yes. So I dramatically laid my keys in her hand. And I looked into her eyes and said, Okay, if Chad and I get to the other side of the bridge and the goat woman appears, don't wait for us. Save yourselves. Live to tell the story. And I set my keys in her hand and said, good luck to you all. I do think that she probably rolled her eyes just a little bit. But I don't know. Don't care at this point. And Chad and I take off. We're walking back across the bridge. Now let me let me explain something to you. Chad and I had quite the interesting relationship. We could come up with stories that the other would just play off of without ever talking about it. So we never spoken about any of this. We never talked about what we were going to do, nothing. We just going to walk across the bridge. Well, about halfway across the bridge, Chad points off to the left side of the bridge, off into the woods in the darkness, and says, You see that? Real loud. To which I said, Yes, run, run, run. So, now folks, here, here, here's, here's, here's where things get a little messed up for the three people left on the other side of the bridge. And, and sort of messed up for, you know, if you see something that is scaring you in front of you, what, what, what is going to be your reaction? You're going to run from it. You're going to run away from it. If there was actually something there, we probably should have turned around and ran back to the car. 
but we did not. We ran toward this incredible beast that nobody else could see but Chad and I. And we ran across the bridge like the track stars we were. And as soon as we hit the edge of the bridge, we ran down into the little, I, I think, uh, I don't know how far it went down. We just ran down the edge of the bridge and laid down there on our stomachs, huffing and a puffing because we had, we had ran almost, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 25 yards or something. Huh? I'm not sure how far it was, but we'd, we'd scampered across that bridge like we were trying to get away from the police. So we laid there for just a little while. We wanted to build the suspense. We didn't talk. We didn't say anything about anything that was going on. We just lay there on the ground and, and waited for just a few, matter of few minutes. And then Chad says, okay, let's run back across the bridge. So we scampered up and started running across that bridge as fast as we could possibly run. Now, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Well, they can't hear me until I get about halfway across the bridge. Chad's right there with me. We're chugging across the bridge. I'm screaming, get in the car, get in the car. And about the time the first one of them heard it, Todd, skeptical Brenda, and mystery person, they began to scamper like they was walking on hot coals. Everybody's jumping around trying to get in the car. They're squeezing in. It's only a two-door matchbox. I'm telling you, they're trying to cram themselves in there as fast as they possibly can. Get in the car. Get in the car. I'm screaming. We're running across the bridge. Get in the car. They're piling in the car. Uh, Chad jumps in the passenger seat. I jump in the driver's seat. I grab the keys from Brenda. I fire the powerhouse up, slam her into first gear, slide those tires on the little bit of gravel, and we're roaring down the road. Whew. Well, I'm telling you what, they were all back there in the back seat. What happened? What's going on? What's going on? And Chad and I are huffing and puffing. Oh, 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 you know, so, so somebody says, Chad, Chad, what happened? I think it was skeptical girl. And Chad says, oh, man, I can't. he says, I, we ran it. We, we was going to try to fool you guys and, and uh, tell you we saw the, the goat lady. And oh, she, he says, I can't, I can't even talk about it. He says, Stark, tell him what happened. And, and I said, well, man, I said, Chad, I said, we, we, we were going to scare you, like Chad said. And we, we ran across the bridge, and we decided to run off there to the right side of the bridge. Like we're trying to get away from the, the goat lady over there on, on the left on the left side of the bridge. And we ran off the side of that. And I, I didn't know that that, that, uh, that road just dropped off onto almost a cliff. You know, so we, we ran off that thing. We was, we was going to try to scare you guys and make you think we saw that, that, uh, that goat lady. And we, we ran off that bridge. And, man, and I said, I tumbled. I fell. I, I lost my balance. I, Roll all the way down that embankment, you know, and and uh, I said, oh, oh my goodness, I said, I hope he's. Oh, Chad goes, yeah, he's like, he Stark rolls down that embankment, embankment, and he and when he gets to the bottom, he slams into a car that's parked down there, you know, with his back bang, into a car that's parked down there. We didn't we didn't even know it was there, just parked down there on this little access road down there, and. Uh, 
he slammed right into this car. And I said, yeah, yeah, I kind of hurt. I thought I'd knock myself out there for a second. But then we, we were sitting next to this car, and then suddenly this guy, big guy, huge, huge guy. And I said, yeah, with this long, long hair all, all the way down past his shoulders, you know, curly, madman-looking guy, probably probably 300 pounds of, of you know, of, of, of man jumped out of that car and started swinging a machete at us and, and screaming, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. And, and Chad and I started to run. And we was, he's a big guy, so we got away from him. We came back up that, scrambled up that hill. And whew, I said, we just started running back to the car as fast as we could. And whew, so it was terrible. And, and, then, and then I said, I hope he's not following us. Well, now this is when the funniest thing happened that I could even, I, six eyeballs, skeptical Brenda, Todd, and mystery person whirled around like they were told that there was a pot of gold behind them whoosh, looking out that back window. Is he chasing us? Oh, my goodness, is he chasing us? Oh. So I was speeding down these little country roads in my powerhouse matchbox Chevy Chevette, pissed yellow, with six people staring out the window going, and Chad and I are just about to bust a gut in the front seat. We've got these guys so scared by making up this goofy ball story. But it sure was fun, I'm telling you. Well, now, so we, we, we got back, we did all this stuff, and, and to put a cap on this story for you, to 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 uh we went back to work and we told Ruth that we had gone down to the Devil's Promenade Bridge. She says, I told you not to do that. And I said, Well yeah, Ruth, but uh, we, we, we had to we had to check it out. So we told Ruth our little story about the man with the machete, you know, that we'd made up and it was all and Ruth says, guys, I don't believe in any of the folklore things. I didn't tell you to go down there because of the folklore things. She said, who's going to believe a goat woman? Who's going to believe all that kind of nonsense? She said, but under the Devil's Promenade Bridge in Quapaw, Oklahoma, is where the satanic worshipers have their church. They meet down there. They, they have their satanic rituals down there where they kill cats and do all this crazy stuff underneath the Devil's Promenade Bridge. That's why I told you not to go down there. And Chad and I both said, oh. But boy, we sure had fun down to Devil's Promenade Bridge. Quite the story indeed, I tell you. I'm looking at an old picture of the Devil's Promenade Bridge right now on Google. And I remember, this, this is the side we ran across right here. I could see us laying on that little embankment right there, huffing and puffing and getting ready to run back across that bridge. So that particular bridge collapsed. Oh, I don't know. It says on this internet, on the Google where I searched it, that that, that bridge actually collapsed and went oh it collapsed uh a few decades ago it says you know which would and then it, it it was made of wood and iron when we were there 
but they made it into concrete, and it still exists today, from what I understand, the Devil's Promenade Bridge, and they say that the appearance of the dear lady, the, appear, the splash that you'll hear, and they say even sometimes the devil himself shows up on the Devil's Promenade Bridge, and it still stands. So if you find yourself one day in Quapaw, Oklahoma, unable to sleep at midnight and want to go down and walk back and forth across the bridge so nothing will ever happen, make sure you take some good friends with you and have a ball with it. Thanks for listening, folks. You are listening to the Life and Times of Big Jim. I appreciate you listening. Um, I want to tell you that I'm going to be back next week with a, a new tale. I'm not sure exactly what that tale is yet, but I had an idea, but I've forgotten it now because I'm old. But anyway, God bless you all. Thanks for listening. And if you get to the Devil's Promenade Bridge, tell the goat lady I said, Howdy. Ooh, she's frightening. She'll trample you to death. Be careful. Watch for her. Splash. Splash down. <laughs>